0: Hello. Hello. And welcome to the New York Mystery Machine.
1: Oh, but for ghosts.
0: And happy Halloween. happy Halloween. Welcome to the special uh, Halloween episode of the New York Mystery Machine. <laughs> Nothing's really special about the episode per se. It's not don't
1: tell them that. Well,
0: I mean, it's not like <laughs> it's not any more spooky. Right. We've
1: but had usual. some spook.
0: Mm-hmm. But you know what it is very special about today? That's special Adam. Because last week, yes. or a couple of weeks ago, I said that I'm going to do this month's sandwich of the month. Yes. A perk you can get if you become our $100 level patron for $100 a month. You get all the good things that Patreon brings you. And you also get a sandwich curated by me Mm -hmm. sent to you once a month. Right. So this month... The sandwich of the month. We said, we don't have a lot of patron yet, but it That's shouldn't okay. stop us.
1: Yeah, no, we should enjoy this.
0: From from taking part Fruits of the... Fruits our labors and all. So this month's theme, um, is this, this sandwich in front of you, Christina... Can't even wait. ...is called the um, Ghoulish Gouda Supreme. I, I, you're probably wondering what's on the Ghoulish... What's
1: on, what's on the Ghoulish Gouda Supreme?
0: So it rests upon a hero, mm-hmm. and within it is a chicken cutlet, Ooh. bacon, mm-hmm. um, obviously some smoked Gouda cheese... Mm-hmm. We have lettuce, tomato, red onion. Oh, I love red onion. And it is topped and smothered with brown gravy.
1: Adam, can I eat it yet? Yes, yeah, so take a oh bite. My God.
0: Everyone knows you're gonna enjoy listening to us eat on the on the, on the, <laughs> the podcast.
1: Mm. <laughs> oh, that works. Mm-hmm. That is good. That's fucking good.
0: Yeah, I'm really excited about this sandwich. I think it really works. That's um, incredible. If this is a sandwich podcast, (laughs) this is what it (laughs) sound like Um, as Christina continues to chow down. Uh I think the uh, I think the smoked Gouda really like does a lot of heavy lifting that I didn't think it was even going to do. But I think it's doing a lot of cool heavy lifting. Um, I think the brown gravy has a nice accent. I wasn't I was originally going to put spinach instead of lettuce, but I realized that um, either way, any green roughage was going to get like out Yes. Flavored, oh, sure. So at that point, it was a matter of just putting in something with more crunch. I think the lettuce had, the iceberg mm-hmm. lettuce has more of a crunch than the than the spinach mm-hmm. does mm-hmm. and the tomato in there. And then the chicken and the bacon just made sense. And so, yeah, some ghoulish gouda. Um, and that's the if you ordered our our patron one hundred dollars a month level, you get sandwiches like this every month. Mm-hmm. They're curated by me. This month, I ordered this sandwich from my favorite sandwich place. One of my favorite sandwich sandwich places in Williamsburg.
1: We've got a lot of good sandwich
0: places. So this one is from Hannah Food. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's at Metropolitan Avenue uh, and Union Avenue in Williamsburg. It's one of my favorite places to get sandwiches. Um, the guys who make the sandwiches are really great. They also have an array of sandwiches that, you know, they custom make that are kind of crazy. Like they're really famous for their big board of crazy mm. sandwiches um, with weird names. Um, and maybe one day our ghoulish gouda, will... Uh, will make its way to grace that board. But I'm so excited. I'm glad you like it, Christina. I love it. So if you're interested in becoming um, a patron at the $100 level on getting a sandwich like this, you head on over to patreon.com slash machine. For as little as $3 a month, you can join the Patreon. For as little as $5 a month, you get a bonus episode. And for as little as $100 a month, you get all the things, including stickers and episodes, voting power, um, Spotify playlists, voting power. I said that twice. um, I think a mug, all these things. And you get the sandwich a month um that I will I will curate and get to you somehow, some way. Um so uh thanks for our patrons who already exist and uh, if you guys want to upgrade you know how to do that. And as always, as I said this month, um if you join the Patreon at the three dollar level this month, um, as a special birthday treat. My birthday was a couple of weeks back. Mm-hmm. I am giving away the October patron episode to anyone who's a patron. And that uh episode will have dropped today. Um so, uh, if if you are a patron, head over to the Patreon app. You'll you'll find that um, the the October episode is there, loaded for you, and uh, and that's that. that's that. Christina went to town. The sandwich half is gone. <laughs> it's gone. You said come hungry, and I did. It is gone, <laughs> and because I'm leading today's episode, I can't eat mine. So I'm gonna like sparingly, like take moments to eat it. And during the break, I'll take a, I'll take a bite.
1: Okay.
0: Um. Well, there we go. There there we have it's it. Delicious. Um. All right. Well, here we are. It is it is Halloween, Halloween. and uh, I'm so excited to to get into today's today's story. Um,
1: where are we today, Adam?
0: Oh, where are we? Is, is That's a question I always I ask know. you. I know. I, sh- I, I, I switched it
1: up. I switched it up.
0: Um, today we are in the Manhattan neighborhood of Hell's Kitchen. Oh, OK. Mm hmm now it's quite possible that when you hear the name hell's kitchen if you're not from new york you immediately think of something paranormal
1: um, or gordon ramsay or Ramsay. <laughs> like
0: those are the two things you think of it's like a paranormal location or uh, mm-hmm. a british guy who yelling at people and putting bread in by their ears and calling them idiot sandwiches pretty
1: scary honestly
0: uh, also pretty scary but hell's kitchen is an area of manhattan that gained its name not from the occult um, it exists as a neighborhood on the west side of midtown manhattan in new york city it is considered to, to be bordered by 34th Street or 41st Street um to the south mm-hmm. and 59th Street to the north. That or is because there's a section um going from Hudson Yards to the water that is not part of Hell's Kitchen. So oh. from a few avenues over, it's 34th. And then um from uh, those avenues where we're not incorporating uh, Hudson Yards, okay. it starts at 41st. Um, and that goes from 8th Avenue East to the Hudson River West. Uh, it's very easy to show on no a map. Yeah. I'll probably post the map so people can kind of see. <laughs> a lot uh, harder to explain. <laughs> so, hard, Like many neighborhoods in Manhattan, yeah. it's really hard to explain where things start and where they begin. Um, now, there are a couple legends of how it got its name. I think it would be a good time yeah. to chat about, about those things. So, several explanations exist for the original name of Hell's Kitchen. An early use of the phrase appears in a comment that Davy Crockett once made oh. about. Uh, another notorious slum in Manhattan named Five Points. Oh. mm -hmm. According to the Irish Cultural Society of the Garden City area, quote, when in 1835, David Crockett said, in my part of the country, when you meet an Irishman, you find a first rate gentleman. But these are worse than savages. They are too mean to swab hell's kitchen. Oh. And that's what he was referring to the the Irish who lived in Five Points.
1: Wow. Okay. Kind of rude. Kinda of, uh, kinda kinda rude. Yeah.
0: Uh and you know, that's the thing about um New York. It just was perpetually racist.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> For every new group that was there, it's like, well, I guess we'll just be racist to them. Yeah. Um and so that's what Davy Crockett said about the Irish who lived in the Five Points area. Um Cute. and here's the thing, and the in general, the people who lived in the Five Points area. Oh, they were terrible. We're not yeah, you know, it was it was <laughs> five points was was the slummest of the slums in old New York.
1: Ridiculously dangerous. Um,
0: five Points was notoriously surrounded, um, kinda the center point of Five Points was Collect Pond, mm-hmm. and Collect Pond was where all the sewage of all of New York would, would go into this one uh, area. It was rancid mm. and gross, uh, and eventually, over time, um, it was it was um, you know the, cleaned. It was cleaned out and, and swamped and then was yet yeah, uh, covered with dirt and stuff, and now doesn't even exist. But if you go down to Lower Manhattan, you can still find the the spot where Collect Pond was in oh. the Five Points area now according to an article by kirkley greenwell published online by the hell's kitchen neighborhood association no quote no one can pin down the exact origin of the label but some refer to a tenement on 54th street as the first hell's kitchen another explanation points to an infamous building at 39th street as its true original uh, a gang and a local dive also took the name as well but local historian mary clark explains the origin of the name as this okay She says, it first appeared in print on September 22nd, 1881 when a New York Times reporter went to the West 30s with a police guy to get details of a multiple murder. Hmm. He referred to a particular infamous tenement as 39th Street and 10th Avenue as Hell's Kitchen and said the entire section was probably the lowest and filthiest in the city. Hmm. According to this version, 39th Street between 9th and 10th Avenues became known as Hell's Kitchen and the name was later expanded to the surrounding areas. Hmm. But another version she talks about ascribes the name's re- origins to a German restaurant in the area known as Heil's Kitchen uh, <laughs> after its proprietors. But she says the most common version traces the story of Dutch Fred the Cop.
1: Dutch. I knew it. I knew the Dutch were going to be responsible for this name. Dutch Fred the Cop. Oh, um, no. No, no, no. It wasn't He's the not Dutch. a Dutch person. Never mind. No, his My theory's gone.
0: His name was Dutch
1: Fred the Cop. I see. Dutch Fred
0: the Cop was a veteran police officer who was with his rookie partner, and they were watching a small riot on West 39th Street near 10th Avenue. Mm-hmm. The rookie is supposed to have said, quote, this place is hell itself, to which Fred replied, hell's a mild climate. This is Hell's Kitchen. <laughs> and uh, and that's the story of Hell's Kitchen, how it got a name, had maybe who got knew? its name. Who knows? Who knew? Now, Hell's Kitchen has become the most frequently used name of the neighborhood, even though real estate developers over the years have offered alternatives such as Clinton, Midtown West, or even Midwest. Mm. Um, And here at the New York Mystery Machine, we have strong opinions about realtors naming areas of Manhattan that have no right to name. Today, we begin at 428 West 44th Street. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, now, by the 1800s, that patch of land that used to be farming fields and forests back in the 1700s have now grown and expanded into a, a small, little thriving New York metropolis. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the forestation was cut down. The dirt was all covered by, by real rock roads. And in 1862, a brick townhouse was built by the Rodenberg family who lived there on the corner of 44th Street and 9th Avenue. Eventually, a Mr. Payne, don't know his first name, Hmm. eventually purchased it and remodeled it while carefully keeping its Victorian appearance. Hmm. However, in 1962, June Havoc would eventually buy the house. Now, Christina, do you know who June Havoc is?
1: No, should I?
0: Well, I think that um, I have a great clue here that can inform you as to who June was. Okay. Uh, Here we go. Any idea? No. Do you not know that recording?
1: Is that is that I'm
0: taking away a musical theater card.
1: Is that um
0: You don't get to have one? Say,
1: anymore. Uh, sing out. Yeah. Louise, yeah.
0: You bitches. just heard that, you literally heard that phrase. I thinking, know,
1: which is how I know, but I'm blanking on the musical well, now. I'm
0: taking away a musical theater. That's card. fair. You're no longer allowed to like musical theater. That's from the hit Broadway musical Gypsy.
1: Oh, of course. Of course.
0: Written by the the late great Stephen Sondheim. And uh, June Havoc was the sister of Gypsy Rosalie, uh, who is a, a, a famous burlesque dancer, um, who which the musical Gypsy is, is written about. But um, June was a movie and Broadway star in her own right as well. If you know the musical, you know the story. Um, June you know, ran away from the life of a child performer uh, mm-hmm. with her family giving rise to her sister's fame. But, you know, in years after that, June was able to go on and create a really great life for herself in TV and movie and Broadway, eventually having her own television show as well, which we'll talk about in just a few moments. Well, in any case, June Havoc buys the house in 1962, and she would rent the upper floors to various tenants and live downstairs. Now, June would move in and things would be normal for quite a bit of time. But eventually, she'd begin to hear these strange noises coming from the apartment. These would be the sounds of rapping on the kitchen floor. Mm. And usually, they would come about at the hour of 3 a.m. Now, Mm, mm -mm. we have spent so much time on this podcast (laughs) talking about 3 Um, a.m. And if you're new to the show, if this is your first episode... Welcome. People often say welcome. People often say that um, ghostly things happen around 3 a.m. because it is the, the antithesis of the time where Jesus Christ died. Uh, famously, Jesus dies at 3 p.m. Mm-hmm. in the afternoon. Um, and so it is rumored in the occult that the, the the witching hour is 3 a.m., the complete opposite of that, um, in which the, the, the darker things are allowed to roam the world and whatnot. Now, at first, June, being a smart human, she did not go straight to the paranormal, which is literally- I don't know that this makes her the smart human. No, this makes you a smart human, right? You debunk before you say, this is ghosts, because sometimes it's not ghosts. Fair, fair. And then you spend time, money, rumors spread- Um, movies get written
1: and it's all based on (laughs) lies
0: so she thinks maybe perhaps it's a structural problem with the house Uh so she brings in a carpenter carpenter finds nothing wrong with with the house Um, then she brings in a plumber perhaps it's piping Uh plumber finds nothing wrong with the pipes then she brings in an architect architect's like looking at the, the blueprints looking at the house now Everything seems to be fine. There's, mm-hmm. there's no reason why this tapping is occurring. And it's also very strange. It's just tapping in one section of the house mm-hmm. uh, in the kitchen area. Tapping would continue each and every day. And it wasn't just June who heard it either. When guests would come over, they also say they would they would hear the, the tapping um, at around 3 a.m. Also, June's maid would hear the tapping as well.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Underneath the floor of June's apartment, there was a floor-through apartment. Right, another whole apartment. The tenants, however, said they never complained of any noises. Weird, because in theory those noises would be above them, right? And the tenants heard nothing. Especially if it's tapping, you would think they would certainly hear it because it's coming, you know, from above them, right? As opposed to you know, June's, which is coming from below.
1: So it's just happening on her floorboards, basically.
0: Yeah, it's basically just happening on her floorboards, and she has no reason, no idea why. Hmm. Do you have the...
1: <laughs> it's a ghost. Or a- oh, okay. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's a ghost. Obviously. You're very very hot mic today. Sorry.
1: When you think about it, the cheaper version would have been to start with the exorcism. I don't know that the church charge- charges you for that. So if you start from the premise of it being a ghost and you try to get it out and that doesn't work, then you can spend the money on the plumber. Anyway, you do you.
0: You do you, June. So June, after all these people, you know, decided to... To to give their feedback, which is all the same of nothing's wrong with the house.
1: Right.
0: You then, and only then, began to logically think that perhaps there was something more paranormal occurring. Okay. Again, this is the process you do. Think about structure first, debunk, mm-hmm. and then go to the mm-hmm. to the paranormal. Unless you're Christina. <laughs> Um, June would start talking about her haunted house uh, regularly with her friends and even on her television show. Hmm. So all of America was learning about about her haunted home. This caught the eye of Gail Benedict. Benedict was heavily involved in public relations for many of June's projects. Mm -hmm. She got June in touch with a very famous paranormal investigator. You know him. You love him. Please welcome back to the show. The legendary Hans Hans Holzer. Holzer! Hans Holzer is back, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Not so far. I mean, we heard from Hans. Not uh, too long ago. At the top of season two. He was in the Amityville Horror Case. Right, of course. Um, We heard from a bunch last season. Uh, There's so many Hans Holzer cases on the
1: show. Um, Hans Holzer.
0: But you know, Hans was New York based and so a lot of these New York hauntings um he was the go-to of the time. Um and he wrote a lot about these things in many of his books. And um I got to to read about it in one of his books called Ghosts, True Encounters with the World Beyond. Hmm. And in this book, Holter tells the story of the investigation of June Havoc's home. Okay. So Gail calls Hans mm-hmm. and says gleefully, June Havoc's got a ghost in her townhouse. And Gail was a big believer in ghosts and of hauntings and a supporter of Holtz's work ever since he had rid her sister's apartment of a poltergeist oh. the year before.
1: All right. So personal connection there.
0: Personal connection. There was a poltergeist in her sister's home. Hans got rid of it. Sure. <laughs> well done, Hans. <laughs> well done, Hans. He had a phone conversation with June and had arranged the first of several seances on the Friday of that week. Now we're in January of nineteen sixty
1: five
0: he enlisted the help of a different medium this time. Mm-hmm. His go-to was always Ethel Johnson Myers. Mm-hmm. We talked about Ethel at Amityville. We talked about Ethel last season as well. But instead, he would call the English medium and witch Sybil Leek. Okay. Due to her upbringing and stint traveling with the Romani, Leek became involved in witchcraft and authored many books on the occult and was eventually called Britain's Most Famous Witch by the BBC. Oh!
1: All right. There we who, go. Who knew the BBC was in the business of naming the most famous witches? <laughs> Someone, ranking the so, top 10 famous witches.
0: Top 10 famous witches. 50
1: under 50 favorite witches or famous witches.
0: It's a who's who, really. <laughs> now, all Holter told Leek was that he needed help getting rid of a noisy ghost.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: June had told him that there seemed to be a series of inconsistent sounds. They were rather soft and hadn't noticed him at first. He asked her, when do you hear the tapping noises? She replies, at all times mostly at 3 a.m. Lately, they seem more demanding. We refer to it as tap dancing for that exact for that is exactly what it sounds like. Hmm. She told Holzer that it seemed to always come from underneath the kitchen floor. When Holzer arrived, there was suddenly and immediately the sound of tapping. Oh, June said, quote, there you see. Mm -hmm. Haunted say in his book, the ghost had greeted them in style. Hmm. This is from Holzer's book. Soon, New York Post columnist Earl Wilson and Mrs. Wilson, Gail Benedict, and Roger Winterberger, also a publicist, arrived along with a woman from Life magazine, Notebook in Hand. Because, like, if you're a famous person, you get the whole crew. A little later, Sybil Leek swept into the room. There was a bit of casual conversation in which nothing was ever said about the ghost. Mm -hmm. And then we seated ourselves in the rear position of the apartment. Sybil took the chair next to the spot where the noises are, where the noises always originated. June Havoc sat on her right, and I on her left. The lights were very bright since we were filming the entire scene from Miss Havoc's television show. I could not find this clip anywhere. Frustrating. If you can find this clip, send it to me. Send it our way. I spent like days trying to track down clips from her show. I cannot find it. (laughs) Soon enough, Sybil began to quote, "Go under." Hungry. Sibyl mumbled faintly. "'Why are you hungry?' I asked. "'No food,' the voice said. The usually calm voice of Sibyl, Leek, was panting in desperation now. "'I want some food! Some food!' she cried. Hmm.
1: "'I
0: promised to help her and asked for her name.' "'Don't cry. I will help you,' I promised. "'Food! I want some food!' the voice continued to sob. "'Who are you?' "'Lucy Ryan.' Mm.
1: "'Do
0: you live in this house?' No house here. How long have you been here? A long time. What year is this? 1792. Mm. What do you do in the house? No house. People. Fields. Why then are you here? What is there here for you? The ghost snorted. Hmm. Men. Who brought you here? Came. People sent us away. Soldiers. Follow them. Sent me away. Hm. What army? Which regiment? Napier. How old are you? Twenty. Where were you born? Hawthorne. Not very far from here. I was not sure whether she said Hawthorne or, Hog- or Hogton hmm. or some similar name. What is your father's name? Silence. Your mother's name? Silence. Were you baptized? Baptized. She didn't remember that either. I explained that she had passed on. It did not matter. Stay here until I get some food. Meat. Meat. And corn. Have you tried to communicate with anyone in this house? Nobody listens. How are you trying to make them listen? I make noise because I want food. Why do you stay in one area? Why don't you move around freely? Can't. Can't go away. Too many soldiers. Where are your parents. Dead.
1: Hmm.
0: What is your mother's name? May. Her maiden's name? Her maiden name? Don't know. Your father's first name? Terry. Were any of your family in the army? Ironical laughter punctuated her next words. Only me. Tell me the names of some of the officers in the army you knew. Alfred. Wait. Any rank? No rank. What regiment did you follow? just this alfred and he left you yes i went with some other man then i was hungry and i came here why here i was sent here by whom they made me come pick me up man brought me here put me down on the ground did you die in this spot die die i am not dead i'm hungry Mm. Holter then asked Lucy to go join her parents, Mm -hmm. but she refused. She wanted to walk by the river, she said. And after, she seemed to start to drift away as Sybil came to. Hmm. Um, Sybil obviously had no recollection of what happened, Mm -hmm. um, was coming back kind of like groggy, as she often did. But after a few moments, the spirit rushed back in just as a floorboard began to reverberate with the sounds of angry, aggressive taps. Oh, what do you want? I asked again. This is from the book. Although I knew what she wanted. It was food. Sybil also extended a helping hand, but the sound stopped as abruptly as it began. A while later, we sat down. Sybil reported feeling two presences. Mm. One is a girl. The other is a man. A man with a stick or a gun. The girl is stronger. She wants something. So then all of a sudden, Sybil points to the kitchen area. Mm -hmm. Han sees the corner that she points to and turns back and says, you know, what happened in that corner? No one had told Sybil at the time. Um of the area that was seeing the disturbances so she's okay. pointing to that spot in the kitchen mm-hmm. where we hear the noises this was intentional of her, Holzer he didn't want he doesn't give any clues to the mm-hmm. medium so that the medium comes in with the most right, not influenced, by, and influenced yeah. by anything Sybil then said I feel her behind me now a youngish girl not very well dressed Georgian period I don't get the man too well So at this point, they bring a small Victorian wooden table into the room. This is a gift from Gail Benedict, the person Mm -hmm. who sets up the whole thing. Within seconds after Sybil, June Havoc, and uh, Holzer lightly place their hands on the table, it starts to move Mm. um, by its own spot. Um, Rapidly, it begins tapping out a word using like Morse code. Like the table is moving and doing...
1: Interesting.
0: And starting to create, you know, words... So um, Earl Wilson, who's in the room, was taking notes and uh, they just allowed the table to continue doing the message so they can get what the yeah. note was.
1: Does anyone in there speak Morse code, so to they speak? They do. Okay. The
0: commuter says it spells out L-E-A-V-E. Oh. It spells out Leave. So evidently she wants the place for herself and thought that they were the intruders mm-hmm. in that space as opposed to her, obviously, which is a very common thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so eventually the spirit um, still in Sybil's body brings the group outside into a garden area. Holter says, quote, Sybil, what do you feel down here? I had tremendous urge to come out here, she says. I didn't know there was a garden. Underneath my feet is almost the cause of the disturbance. Mm. They were standing at a spot adjacent to the basement wall, close to the center of the tapping that they had heard.
1: Mm.
0: Sybil remarks, someone may be buried here, Mm -hmm. pointing to a small mound of dirt underneath their feet. It's a girl. Do you see the wire covering the area behind you? June Havoc says. I tried to plant seeds there, and the wire was protecting them. But somehow, nothing, nothing will grow there. Plant something on this mound, Symbol suggested. It may well pacify her. They returned upstairs and soon after the spirit was released back, Sybil was back to normal, and um that was the end of that first seance.
1: I'm fascinated by whatever this food request is. It makes you think of like someone dying of starvation. Like why why does she why the food? Why so insistent about the food if this is where she died? Did she die of starvation?
0: Yeah, it's also really interesting and kind of sad that um they refer to Lucy as Hungry Lucy. Mm. Like that's a chapter of the book, uh that Elf Hulter's book. He calls her Hungry Lucy, mm. which is really like, not the best nickname yeah. to have. Um, especially when you know her name. Right. <laughs> you know her whole name, but you call her Hungry Lucy. So that is the end of the the first seance. Mm-hmm. There's gonna be another two. Okay. But after all this...
1: Do they give Sybil, when the spirit's in her, any food at all at any point? I
0: don't think so. Why not? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure if maybe that... I don't know. I'm not sure what the what the, what, what the rules are. I don't think there are rules. In fact, if I was there, I'd give them this amazing sandwich <laughs> that, I, that I curated for my patrons. Mm-hmm. So after all this, Lucy doesn't leave. Instead, she moves spots from the kitchen to June's bedroom. Right above her bed. Well,
1: that's annoying.
0: So it's a spot that June said she never heard tapping before. But then now throughout the entire night, right above her, she hears. Mm. Which must be really frustrating. Mm -hmm. Um, So clearly Holter knows there's still work to be done. And we're going to talk about more of that work when we get back from our break.
1: So you listen to our podcast, which means you must love mysteries.
0: But how would you like to solve your very own mystery?
1: Hunt a Killer is an immersive murder mystery game told over the course of six episode boxes. Each box is filled with different clues and physical items such as autopsy reports, witness statements, and more. You'll use these clues to solve an ongoing murder mystery.
0: Work solo or as a team of sleuths to finally crack the case and reveal the murderer.
1: So do you think you have what it takes to hunt a killer? If so, head to www.huntakiller.com and use the code NYMYSTERYMACHINE for 20% off the first box.
0: That's www.huntakiller.com and the code is NYMYSTERYMACHINE.
1: Sign up now and begin the hunt. Pow,
0: If you ever look at our logo, you may notice a cute, furry, black and white creature hanging out the window. That's Ted. <laughs> When he's not hanging out inside the New York Mystery Machine, Ted is enjoying treats from BarkBox.
1: BarkBox is the dog-obsessed company that's devoted to one goal, making dogs happy. It's a monthly subscription, totally customized box of themed toys and treats for your furry friends. BarkBox provides the best products, services, and content for pups and their people. Every box brings your dog more than $40 worth of toys and treats, and your first box ships immediately.
0: Plus. BarkBox offers a 100% happy guarantee. If your pup isn't happy with their BarkBox, they'll work to make it right.
1: So are you ready to spoil your pup with a BarkBox of their very own? If so, head over to www.barkbox.com slash NYMysteryMachine. If you use our exclusive link, you'll get a free extra month of BarkBox valued at $35 when you sign up for multi-length plans.
0: Oh, okay, okay, Tedward. I'll say it again for them. Head to www.barkbox.com NY Mystery Machine and get your pup some treats today. All right, we are back. And we just finished up our first segons. You had at, a
1: bite of a sandwich. Had
0: a bite of a sandwich. <laughs> I, Lucy, was hungry. I was. You hungry. were hungry. I got it, Lucy. I'm with you, girl. <laughs> we're all hungry, 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 hungry. Um, I, I think that's what also was happening. So I kept saying, "I'm hungry." I'm like, right. oh, I'm, "I'm hungry." I'm kind of hungry. And I, got, I have a sandwich sitting right next. Right, to Right, literally me. <laughs> next to you, yeah. So, Holter then wanted to get to the bottom of who this Napier person was. Mm-hmm. Right, that was a name that, um, that you know Lucy had said. The Dictionary of Natural Biography gave him the answer. It turned out to be Colonel George Napier, a British officer who had served on the staff of Sir Henry Clinton. Mm -hmm. The Clinton mansion had once occupied the area where June's house sat. Mm. Holtzer, ironically, had investigated other ghostly manifestations at Clinton Court just two blocks north, which is a future episode, by the (laughs) way. (laughs) It almost was truncated into this one, but I was like, I'm going to save this for another day. Napier had been in charge of his regiment from 1781 to 1782 at that very location. It was especially noted in the history books that Napier's wife and children had contracted yellow fever while living there and died. Mm. Sir Henry Clinton did not allow Colonel Napier to join his family and ship them off to England. The the area in which the Napier family had lived and died later became a potter's field. (laughs) Now, if you're at home right now, or on the street, or wherever you listen to our podcast, you may say to yourself, "I'm so confused as why there was a, 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 a British force hanging out in New York." If you don't know, um, at the beginning of the Revolutionary War, uh, the, the the American forces were pushed out of New York City. Mm-hmm. And New York was under complete British control for the entirety of the Revolutionary War. Right. Um, it you know was famously burned, and that was kind of you know. Kind of common that most people in New York at this point were either British loyalists or British um, soldiers and themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, So now it's time for a second seance. Okay. Holter writes in his book, on January 15th, 1965, precisely at midnight, I place Sybil Leek into deep trance in my apartment on Riverside Drive. In the past, we had succeeded in contacting former ghosts once they had been pried loose in an initial seance in the haunted house itself. Hmm. I had high hopes that Lucy would communicate, and I wasn't disappointed. Oh. So that's a really fascinating little tidbit. That, yeah. And we've heard this before in another case that we covered on Holzer, He had done uh, a seance. Based from the original point, but at his own place, hmm. separate from there, um, hoping that the tether between the medium and the spirit would still be able to exist.
1: Right, I forgot about that.
0: So then, so then, um, Sybil, you know, with the spirit in her, recites this: "Tick tock, tickety tock. June's clock stops. June's <gasps> clock stops." The entranced medium murmured barely audible Hmm. tickety-tock june's clock stops tickety-tock who are you i asked Hmm. lucy lucy what does this mean june's clock stops june's clock stops frighten june frighten june she repeated like a child reciting a poem i hate this why do you want to frighten june go away why do you want her to go away people there too much house too much june Too many clocks. She sings, dances. She makes a lot of noise. I'm hungry. I'm always hungry. You don't do a thing about it. Will you go away if I get you some food? Can we come to an agreement? Why? Because I want to help you. Help June. Ah, same old story. You're not happy? Would you like to see Alfred again? Yes, he's gone. Not very far. I'll get you together with Alfred if you leave the house. Where would I go? Alfred has a house of his own for you. Where? Not very far. Frightened to go. Don't know where to go. No one likes me. She makes noises. I make noises. I don't like that clock. Where were you born, Lucy? Larches by the sea. Larchment by the sea. People disturb me. Again, I asked her to join her Alfred, to find happiness again. I suggested she call for him by name, which she did. Hesitantly, at first more desperately later. No, I can't go from here. He said he would come. He said, wait, wait here. Too many clocks. Time, time, time. Noisy creature, time, time. Three o'clock. What happened at three o'clock, I demanded. He said he'd come. The ghost replied, I waited for him. Why at three o'clock in the middle of the night? Why do you think he couldn't get out? Locked in. Not allowed out at night. I'll wait. He'll come. Did you meet any of his friends? Not many. What would I say? What was Alfred's name? Bailey, Alfred said. Wait, wait. I'll go away, he said. They'll never find me. Go to him with my love, I said, calmly repeating over and over the formula used in rescue circle operations to send the Earthbound Ghosts across the threshold. As I spoke... Lucy slipped away from us, not violently as she come, but more or less resigningly. Hmm. And that was the end of the second seance.
1: Yeah, how's that? Still uh, didn't give her some food though. Still really didn't give her, want her food. To know what would have happened? he kind of, just gave some food and
0: kind of like fucking promised her some goddamn kind of food? And yeah. She give her her food. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's just, like give her a sandwich and call it a day. I also
1: kind of want them to be on that mound where it was suggested that she planned something. Grow a
0: plant. Give gonna... her a sandwich.
1: Plant a tomato plant. We cannot Constant supply of food. We
0: cannot be smarter than you about
1: this.
0: (laughs) Halter would call June uh, that night to see what happened between midnight and 1230. Mm -hmm. Um, And June said she had heard uh, Lucy's tapping precisely then. But nothing more had changed. Hmm. It was a quiet night, actually. And it was probably quiet because Lucy was being... She was busy elsewhere. She was busy elsewhere. Are
1: there... Any particular clocks that we know about in June's household?
0: No, I don't know what clock she's even talking about. And they don't even mention any more clocks at all. So I'm not sure what clock she's talking about. Hmm. But it's interesting to say that the singing and the dancing, because June's an entertainer, so mm-hmm. she probably would have singing and dancing in her in her home. Mm-hmm. That's that a makes a lot of sense. So that idea of June being a noisy person probably isn't so far fetched. Yeah. Um, After this, the team concluded that the spirit may have been freed, but certainly has not crossed over. And by that, I mean the tapping was no longer bound to one spot of the room, but actually was heard now everywhere.
1: Oh, so they made it worse. (laughs) Yeah, so basically they
0: freed her from like the isolated spot, and Mm -hmm. now she can just go about the entire room as she will. Oh, hate that. But again, let's not forget, there were two spirits. that.
1: Right, the other guy. Yeah.
0: So a third seance was conducted in March of 1965. and This will be the final one. Mm. At that point, Sybil Leek, under the trance, described that she felt Lucy had moved on. Oh. So Lucy was no longer there, but Alfred was still there. Mm. He was waiting for Lucy now. He described where it appeared several people were sick and close to the river. From the book, quote, Sent Alfred to join his Lucy, I commanded. And Sybil, in a low voice, told the stubborn ghost to go. After an of table tipping, which several characters from the netherworld made an auditory appearance. Mm-hmm. Don't know what that means. Whoa. <laughs> she returned to the trance. Sybil, in a trance, was near the river again among the sick. But no Lucy Ryan. Lucy is gone. At least that's what she says. Quote, the smell makes me sick, Sybil said. And you can see this dark, stark horror in her sensitive face. Dirty people, rags, people in uniform too, with dirty trousers. There is a big house across the river. Whose house is it? Mr. Dawson's, Dr. Dawson, Dr. James Dawson, Lee Point. Must go there. Feel sick. Rocks and trees, just the house across the river. What year is this? 92. She then described Dr. Dawson's house as having three windows on the left. Two on the right, five above, and said it was called Lee Point, Hawthorne, Hawthorne, as we heard earlier, mm. um, to what Lucy had said. It sounded a little like Hogton to me as well, but I can't be sure. So mm. once again, they had this this, you know unclear word right over the river, she said, she described a round thing on a post in front of the house, like a shell for messages, she thought. What is the name of the country we're in? I asked. Vinland's, the Vinland's. Hmm. I decided to change the subject back to Hungry Lucy. How did she get sick? She didn't get any food, and then she got cold by the river.
1: I mean, I could have told you that she didn't get any food. She's been saying that, honestly. Nobody helped them.
0: They let them die, buried them in a pit. Soon after, Sybil was brought out of her trance. There was not too much the team could do to rid the house of activity at this point. Mm -hmm. Though Holter would ask June how she was feeling about these spirits. June said she felt sorry for the spirits. But with this, Holter commanded her not to. From a book. I tactfully explained to June Havoc that feeling sorry for a hungry ghost makes things tough for the parapsychologist. The emotional pull of a genuine attachment, no matter how unconscious it may be, can provide the energies necessary to prolong the stay of the ghost. Hmm. Gradually, as June Havoc, wanting a peaceful house, especially at 3 a.m., hmm. allowed practical sense to outweigh sentimentality, the shades of hungry Lucy and her soldier boyfriend faded into the distant past, into the distant past whence they came, and eventually, all activity died away.
1: So, what are you supposed to feel? Indifferent or Indifferent. anger? feel
0: okay. no emotion. Because any emotion that you, you put out, mm-hmm. the spirits are able to manifest and to, to okay. feed upon. And as long as they're feeding upon this emotion- They're stuck. They're stuck and they're able to 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 do what they're doing and to, to do the mm-hmm. rapping and do the, the apparition. So do
1: we know if Alfred and Lucy crossed over or are they just not, there's not enough emotional energy to hold on to to make sound?
0: I think from what I gather that it looks like Lucy does cross over because right. there's no contact with right. Lucy ever again.
1: I guess Alfred. Does Alfred also cross over?
0: I wonder. They never hear from him again. Eventually, at one point, hmm. all of that uh, activity dies away, and um, and June leaves the house in 1969.
1: Wow. So it gets quiet, and then she says, eh, "I'm not interested anymore." I'm
0: tired. <laughs> Weird <have> the drama? <laughs> and that is a story of 428 That's West 44th wild. Street. Yeah,
1: it's a. It's a Did bit- we get Lucy's full name? Yeah
0: ryan lucy ryan okay hungry lucy ryan
1: oh god i'm gonna i'm gonna do a little ancestry research i wanna i wanna see what I, if I can find any
0: yeah i couldn't find much but you got you do your thing
1: yeah this is for the for the listener this is how i spend my fun free time i like to look through old census records and odd digitized documents so this is gonna be a fun homework assignment for me
0: that that she does
1: thank you adam that is wild
0: and I want to offer a, a cool little resource that I, I use and mm-hmm. I've been using a lot on this podcast that I, I've mentioned, but I think. Um, there's a website called openlibrary.org. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a really solid place to basically just borrow books for free. Nice. There's a small time limit. Usually, you have a time limit of an hour mm-hmm. in case other in case people else want to use it. But usually, if you go over the hour, it will just keep renewing on the hour on the hour. Nice. Uh, you just borrow it, and it's all PDF stuff. And um, I I all the Hans Holster books I've been reading over the last two years for his cases. That's where I've been reading them from. Oh, I love that instead of like buying Holster books and rent right. or or like renting Holter books. Um, it's a great resource. It's OpenLibrary.org, and uh, yeah, you can borrow books and uh, and read them as you need.
1: Ah, I love that.
0: So I also finally had a cave and um, did a New York Times subscription because I just needed to like oh, no. <laughs> do so many New York Times. But they had a good deal. All right. It was like a, it was it was there. They, they, it's six dollars every. Um, two weeks. All right. For the year, and then, and then, and next year, if I renew, twenty five dollars every two weeks. But
1: well, that's ridiculous. We'll, we'll cancel by then. Come on, New York Times. But
0: uh, those are my resources for for this for this episode. And uh, yeah, you're you're very welcome. I hope this offered some spookiness this Halloween. <laughs> uh, I, I was trying to find a real spooky like. Seance based stuff for Halloween because I know those are you know every time I give those episodes people are like oof It's really creepy hearing the actual account and so that's why I chose um, that episode for today So I'm hoping that creepy. you have a nice creepy episode um, Over the weekend we posted a a list of our spookiest episodes in honor of Halloween mm-hmm. um, This was an idea I had last year I put our spookiest episodes on a list and and then our friend Sean and Carrie from Ain't It Scared Sean and Carrie asked, Ain't Scared, Sean and Carrie asked if they can, they can also do the same mm, thing. Mm-hmm. And so then they did it last year. Then this year, they improved on that idea and they did a, a list. For, they did they separated it into different categories. And so then I called them and said, hey, can I steal that <laughs> idea? And so um, there's a list for our, our, our ghostly and haunting episodes. Mm-hmm. There's a list called just plain old strange stuff. Yep. And there's a list with aliens and monsters. Love and it. So it kind of separates it and, and kind of gives you if you're new to the show um, and you, you, you're you still looking and picking and choosing what you want to listen to. It's a great um, way to start. It's a good way to start. And if you you want to, we always love people just listen to the whole darn series. So <laughs> thank you for listening. We're hoping you have a, a happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. You can uh, follow us on our Instagram and Facebook at NY Mystery Machine, uh, Twitter at NY Mysteries. Um, be sure to like, subscribe, and all that jazz. Leave us a five star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Um, leave us words or review on spot. On um, leave us an actual review with words mm-hmm. on Apple Podcasts and Audible. And uh, we'll be back next week. Next week with another episode. Yeah. Well, I've been Adamas. I've been
1: Christina Marnelli. And
0: thank you for taking a scary ride this Halloween on the New York Mystery Machine.
1: Let me hold the